It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Lincoln Stars broadcaster Joel Norman on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in live to 93.7 The Ticket. This is Outside the Box. Head coach Rocky Russo and Stars broadcaster Joel Norman are out of commission tonight. So it's myself, Samuel alongside Gene Cotter. We brought the broadcast to you this weekend from Omaha. And Gene, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday evening? You know what? I've been kind of looking forward to jump jumping behind one of these mics for quite a while. I've been a big fan of 93.7 The Ticket since it rolled into town a few years ago. And so it's it's good to be here. Beautiful new studio here in downtown Lincoln. This is my first time here. So uh, Lincoln Stars action, Gene. A lot of games in the past couple days. Four games in the last nine days. Uh, two Saturdays ago, lost in Omaha. But we'll talk about the most three recent games. Uh, let's talk about that Blackout Wednesday game, November 22nd against Tri-City. Lose that game late. Uh, Lincoln rallies with two goals in the second period. Really had a strong second period presence on Wednesday and Friday. Just kind of break down some of that game and some of your thoughts from that Wednesday night game. Well, so here's the thing, right? That game is is kind of an elephant in the room because one thing I don't know that anybody knew, Rocky has never experienced a losing streak of, of longer than eight games in his entire junior hockey career. In 18 years of coaching, I don't know if all that's in juniors. I don't think it is, but he had never experienced. We played <clears throat> Tri-City that night, last Wednesday night, and tied our franchise record for consecutive losses at 11. However, watching that game, you could see that, that the tide was about to change. Um, Rocky said in his post-game show that he was proud of the kids because they followed the process. And they just looked like a different team that night. They played with a lot more energy. They played with a lot more grit. Ended up not working out on the scoreboard at the end of the day, but I absolutely think that it covered or carried over into the, into the Sioux Falls game on Friday night where we scored more goals than we scored. we've scored since 2021. Uh, just actually put put the beat down on the stampede. So it was, I think the second period that night was perhaps the best period of hockey that I've seen the Lincoln Stars play all season long. You just saw it coming. You saw Juan Copeland, who's going to be on the show later, Keaton Peters, um, Jan Shostak, who ended up, once again, it didn't work out very, actually, I think Massey was in was in net on, on Wednesday night. But you could just see the pieces starting to come together. You really could. And then, you know, Friday in Sioux Falls, 7-3 victory, something that I don't think anybody was really expecting. Four goals in the second period, really took advantage of Sioux Falls penalties, had a uh, game misconduct in that game as well, led to a five-minute major, uh, was able to get a power play goal there. And then Keaton Peters getting a hat trick, hadn't had a hat trick um, since 2022 when Lucas Wallen had hat tricks in back-to-back games in March. Um, so really just exploded on Friday too. Um, we had Ryan Spinelli got his first USH- USHL goal. He'll be on the show later on. We'll get to talk to him as well. But just a lot of effort and then the Omaha game that we had the chance to do on Saturday, losing by a score of 2-0. to zero. So really three different games in a matter of just a couple days. But Lincoln starting to trend in the right direction. We've seen them really start to build off of something. You said it started Wednesday, transitioned to that middle period on, on Friday, and then Saturday, just unable to really find the back of the net. But a lot of positives out of that Omaha game as well. A couple things that you said there. First off, go back to Keaton Peters' hat trick. You see hat tricks, but he had a shorthanded goal, he had a power play goal, and he had an empty net goal. I mean, that's, I don't know, Gordy, how hat trick is a fight, a goal, and an assist. I'm not sure what a hat trick with three weird goals like that are, but that was an interesting night for Keats. It was good to see him. Um, apparently, the new haircut that he has and a couple of others on the team are paying off for him with the new buzz cut. 
Um, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they, Ethan Weber also had his first USHL goal against the, the stampede up in Sioux Falls on Friday night, ended up one and two, but they weren't, they weren't out of it. They continue to struggle to find the net. Statistically, we are last in the league in scoring goals, but if you look at the number of shots we're taking, we're like sixth in the league in the number of six out of 14th in the number of shots we're taking. You and I talked on the broadcast the other night about just how much hockey being a game of inches was coming into play. There were so many shots that Yorgiyov, the goalie for, for Omaha, if, if the puck had just been six inches lower, it would have gone off a pad and somebody was there to bang it home, but it wasn't. There was a pass that was just an inch or two off the tip of a stick that had it been there. So they're, they're getting it dialed in. Rockies talked a lot about we're getting better, and you can actually see that they're getting better. And, and, you know, they're getting better, and this is without Germán Yavash. This was without, without Matthew Malte. This is also without Teddy Richardson, who's been suspended for four games. This is without Jimmy Jersev, who just went on the IR, and also without Dashiell Oliver. They did all of this in three games with five key guys, and you've had Ryan Spinelli jump in only playing in a couple of USHL games. You bring in Juan Copeland, who's only played in a couple of USHL games. You know, these, you know, a couple others um, that Justin, have played Justin as well. Mexico. Yep, Justin Mexico, too. And, you know, the second periods, you know, early on in the year, I know with talking with Joel, he said we really only played one full period a game, you know, whether it was the first period or the second period, but we always were playing from behind. Where the past couple games, we haven't been playing from behind as much, really, except from the Tri City game trailing one and then Omaha really the entire game without scoring any goals. But one thing that I'd like to add, too, is let's talk about Jan Shostak. I mean, Jan on Friday, even though he let in three goals, it really should have only been one. Rocky talked about it on Coach's comments. He said he felt bad. He said if there was one negative to take out of Friday, it was that Jan, Shost- Jan Shostak let in three goals. And then on Saturday, he was 33 for 35. I mean, that was incredible. The saves he was making were just unbelievable. Well, and both of our goalies, but Shostak in particular, he's – I think fifth in the league in save percentage at a little over 90%, which usually you get a 90%. You're not looking at a four and nine record or whatever it is that he has. He's uh, allowing two, a little over two, two and a half, like 2.8 goals per game. But once again, we're only scoring two goals a game. So we got to start rewarding, finding ways to put the puck in the net to reward the efforts like Showstack's been giving and Massey has been giving in, in, in places as well. We, we have got to figure out a way to put the puck in the net. You know, a slow start for the season, but we've had a couple of veterans that have kind of really started to find their way. You know, Keaton Peters getting four goals in two games. You know, Jared Mangan's been all over the ice. Uh, Justin Varner, you know, first year here in Lincoln, he's really come to his own. Kai Janvaria, same thing, he's really done well handling the puck at the blue line. And then Adam Kleber. You know, we don't talk about Adam enough. You know, he's going to be playing with uh, a Team USA here in a couple of weeks, uh, so he'll be gone for a little bit. But then, you know, just that goal uh, in the Tri-City game, you know, .4 seconds left to go in the second period to make it a one-goal game and to outscore Tri-City in that second period 2-1. A lot of guys are just starting to buy in at the right time and you almost feel like you said it's kind of starting to turn that corner well and that's that's where losing somebody like dashiell oliver for a while you see him in team pictures he's got his his arm in a sling and i don't know that we know exactly how long he is out you mentioned jimmy jerseph he's the captain and he's on the injured reserve at the moment because of a recurring ankle issue or a lower body injury of some sort but people like kleber who are leading by example i mean if you compare adam kleber's game this year to the game that he played last year you wouldn't even think they were the same player he is so much more aggressive he engages he activates with the puck way i mean he had a a couple 
times the other night where he skated it in and had point blank opportunities and he's a six five defenseman. Conversely, Kai Janvaria, I can't tell you how impressed I was with him. I mean, the effort that he gives, he absolutely was an extension of the of Showstack on Saturday night in Omaha because he was just whenever you needed a, a stick lift, there he was. Whenever you needed somebody just harass somebody on the back check or the four check, there was Kai Janvaria. Uh, he is a polar opposite of of Adam Cleaver physically. Cleaver's six five, and I don't know, Kai's five nine, five ten, something like that. Might that might even be generous? But the effort that he gives, and that's where that has where I really noticed this team making strides over the weekend was a lot more guys engaged aggressively in just the energy that they were bringing to the ice. The next five games don't get a ton easier for the Lincoln Stars on the road against uh, Cedar Rapids this Friday and then playing Dubuque on Saturday on the road. Haven't seen Dubuque yet this year, um, but have seen Cedar Rapids back on November 4th at the Icebox. Lost that game 4-1. That was in the midst of that 11-game losing streak. And then after that, the following weekend, just to look ahead, you got Fargo three games in a row who just outscored uh, Chicago 14 nothing on the weekend. Eight goals on Chicago on Friday night, six on Saturday. What has Lincoln got to do just to get some points out of this, these next five games? Because we know the stretch is not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. Well, I think, I think, Sal, what they need to do is they need to keep following the process. And now, I guess, if you're playing the role of Joel tonight, I'll play the role of Rocky. Sorry, Rocky, I know I'm not going to do it any justice if you're listening. But I, I have, on the podcast, have asked repeatedly, what does the process mean? What does following the process mean? Well, after watching them play against Tri-City on Blackout Wednesday on Thanksgiving Eve, I absolutely understand what Rocky's saying now. It's about doing things right. It's about doing the little things. And if you do that, you're going to eventually win more games than what you lose. We went one and two in our last three, but the positives, despite what the scoreboard said, and I know at the end of the day, that's what matters most is the scoreboard. The positives outweigh the negatives in the games that I watched. A couple of other things that, that we own. Oh, so by the way, just to finish that thought, if we play with, if we keep playing with that type of energy and we keep looking for the open guy and we keep making sure that we're shutting down the guy cutting to the back post, which is what cost us against Omaha the other night. Both of their goals were, were streakers coming down to the back post that ended up wide open and, and somebody hit him with the pass. Um, if we can account for those things, I think we're going to be fine. It's, it's a tough stretch because we start off with, with um, Cedar Rapids, who's I think fourth or fifth in the Eastern Conference, but then you're playing first point, first place Dubuque in the West, and then you come home for a three and three with Fargo, who's first place, I'm sorry, Dubuque's first place in the East, Fargo's first place in the West. So four of their next five games are against first place teams. So they're going to have to make sure that they maintain that energy and follow that process. And this will be Fargo's first trip back to the icebox since they defeated the Stars in the Western Conference Finals last year. Two totally different teams uh, this year, especially for Lincoln. They've already gone through a decent amount of players, you know, traded a couple players away, brought in some affiliates. A different team even from the beginning of the season, even from when they played Cedar Rapids back on November 4th as well. Well, and the other thing, if you look at the schedule, we're 19 games into a 62-game season. So despite the way the season has started, we're not even a third of the way into it yet. There and six of the eight teams in each conference make the playoffs. This game is far, far, far from over. And we have played more games on the road than we have at home. After this weekend, we will have also played more games against the Eastern Conference than we played. I mean, we've played Sioux City once. We haven't played Fargo at all. And we played Tri-City once. 
last year at this time, we played Tri-City like 38 times or something like that. At least it felt like it. So we've played our Western Conference rivals, Fargo none, Sioux Falls twice, Des Moines twice, Omaha twice, Sioux City once, Tri-City once, and Fargo not at all, which I've said like 14 times now. But the point I'm trying to make is what's happened so far is let's just use it as lessons learned because nothing is lost at this point. Nothing. You, everything is still out in front of you. If, if your goal was to go undefeated, I suppose maybe then that's not in front of you anymore, but that's probably a fairly unrealistic goal in a league like this. And let's talk about your point. You know, this is the first year since uh, COVID hit that we have the uh, playing the Eastern Conference. It's nice for our fans. Uh, different look at the icebox. Teams that maybe fans that are new to the Lincoln Stars haven't seen at all or fans that have been around for a long time haven't seen since the 2019-2020 season. And you mentioned playing the Eastern Conference a lot. Do you think that's added good value so far to the season, just as an overall, not with the opponents that Lincoln has played, but just for the USHL from a league standpoint, do you think it, it's nice to see those teams back? I think for us as a staff, it, it's been really nice, especially knowing that we don't have to play Tri-City eight times at home or play Omaha six times at home. And now it's more of the, the rivalry matchups from a ticket standpoint really is what's beneficial and getting those, you know, you can only see Omaha twice at the icebox rather than four times. Well, I think, I think it is because you you go look at all of the draft picks across this league the last few years you've got to you you've got to see the draft picks that were playing only especially lincoln it's been interesting because a lot of the other western conference teams have had an opportunity not to play the entirety of the eastern conference but i know tri city got to play chicago and des moines because of where they are regularly played cedar rapids and they played dubuque and they played in the iowa cup and those type of things but you just get to see you know we're going to Plymouth to play the NDTP this year, which is unfortunate because last year and the year, actually two years ago, had we been doing this, Jimmy McGroarty, who's a Lincoln kid, was playing for the NDTP. He never got to come to Lincoln and play because because of COVID, and we didn't get to play that. So now these these kids from across the country, these high draft picks, these people that you're going to hear about that have already been drafted or will be drafted or you'll get to see in the NHL down the road, now have an opportunity to come play in our barn. If you look at people like Matthew Kachuk for the Cal- Calgary Flames. He played in this building. Uh, Austin Matthews played in played in the icebox. You go look at, at guys like that, and they have played in Lincoln, which is something that we now have a double the opportunity to see. And it's really nice, too. It kind of gives the fans a different look, but also it's good for the players, too, because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm sure even for the guys, and we can ask Ryan and Juan, but, you know, they don't have much experience, but even for the guys that have to, you know, you got to continue. The travel's the same. The trips are the same. It's never anything different, you know. So it's it's got to be a nice look for them too to say, you know, oh, on the schedule in a couple of weeks we're traveling to Dubuque rather than we're just traveling back to Sioux Falls or we're traveling back to Sioux City or you're doing a home and home where you're driving there one night and then they're coming to you the next night. So I think just from an overall standpoint, I think it's really good for the league. I'm glad that they implemented it back, and I think it's one of those things too that it, it's going to grow too. There's been talks about the USHL expanding. You know, there's been maybe Kansas City, maybe Minnesota, maybe Colorado. You know. Um, uh, the North American Hockey League just got a team in Colorado. So if the league starts to expand a little bit too, maybe go from 16 to 20, we could even start traveling to some different places as well. Well, and here's something else that you don't think about with the travel about these players. Because, you know, let's face it, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Lincoln, Nebraska, Kearney, Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska haven't exactly been a hotbed for kids playing in this league. So when you get to go to places like Muskegon, Michigan, and Youngstown, Ohio, and places like that, you get to take these kids and their kids. I mean, we're talking 16 to 20 year olds and you get to take them 
back east on occasion where maybe they have an opportunity to play in front of their grandparents and their parents and their friends and people that they saw in high school. You know, Spinali, I think he played a lot in Boston. Well, we don't, we're not going to go play in Boston, but he's going to have an opportunity to be a heck of a lot closer to the friends and family than, than what he is in Lincoln. So that's another benefit of cross-conference play. It is. And I, and I think one of the things, too, that with cross-conference brings something to the table on it gives the players the opportunity, it gives the coaches and the staff also an opportunity to kind of travel differently a little bit. You know, I know Rocky, you know, being from Youngstown, Ohio, you know, being from Youngstown, uh, you know, like Youngstown played us this year, we don't get to go there, but next year he'll get to go back. So then his family can kind of see the team. And it's kind of, it's got to be nice, too, for the staff members and the coaching staff that get to travel to these, these different places, just like the players, their families might be able to come see them as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, he talked about how, I don't remember if he coached in that building, but he talked about his nephews being stick kids for the Youngstown Phantoms. So being able to go play in that building and have the family not only in the building, but maybe working for the opposition has got to be. I know that there's the Russo Family Foundation, I think after his dad, in, in and around Youngstown. And so that will absolutely be a big deal for Rocky. And I think one of the things too that we should talk about here is, you know, there's a lot of you know, we talk about haven't played a lot at home. You know, it's interesting when we build the schedule out in June, we think about Husker sports, Husker football, Husker volleyball, um, you know, and we don't play a lot at home early on in the year. Do you think that kind of maybe hurts us a little bit because we play so much on the road? Granted, the past two years, we've had a little more success to the start of the season than we have right now. But I know you kind of touched on it earlier, so just wanted to kind of come back to it. Do you think that it hurts us a little bit that we kind of have such a back end heavy schedule at home? rather than the front half absolutely not especially in a year like this or in a year when you're like last year where we were in the thick looking for a home to a home home round by in the first round and, and what i mean by that is what i have appreciated about this se- this season's schedule as opposed to previous historically you've only played on a friday night and then if the huskers are playing on saturday we haven't played well that hasn't been the case we played around we played a sunday afternoon game so not only were we not maybe playing at home as frequently in the fall than we were in the spring? We also weren't playing as many games in the fall as we were in the spring. And so then we had to back, I mean, think about last, I think it was March. I think we played like 18 games in the month of March. Well, is it any wonder why you get to the Western Conference finals when you've now played in the, in the first round, second round, and now you're in the finals and you hit a wall? It's because you've played about 40 games in the last 45 days. That's, that's a bit of a stretch. But so I don't think, I don't think, backloading at home because then you get to stay in your own bed is a bad thing at all. Well, we are going to step away. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we will have Ryan Spinelli and Juan Copeland. You're listening to Outside the Box on 93.7 The Ticket.